I'm going, Mother. Someone has to stop Ares. You know that if you choose to leave, you may never return. Who will I be if I stay? I know a girl from an island. She stands apart from the crowd. Huh? She loves to see her. Oh, I'm sorry. This is the wrong island. My mistake. I am Diana. To Geek Salad episode 150, Chimichangas and Shwarma, a holes. <laughs> I'm Andy. I'm Mike. And I'm Joe. And today we are here to count down the top 20 best comic book movies ever made, as voted on by you, the Geek Salad audience. Um, I can tell you guys, not only am I super excited to be doing this, but it is going to be a long goddamn time before I start trolling people for votes again <laughs> on anything. This was a second job. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. So, with that said, yes, it is a top 20. Um, so, we're actually going to... We are pro- pro- proactively going to um, split the show up into two parts. Yes. So, uh, part one is going to be the Donner Cut. Um, <laughs> and then about a week later, we'll follow up with uh, part two, the Whedon Cut. Yes. So, anything to just... Take that Snyder stank off of it and put a nice fresh coat of weed and wax on it. Brighten it up, add some Brighten jokes, it up. Add that witty dialogue that he's so famous for. And then just pretend that it's still not the Sny- it's not the Snyder car. Nope. Uh, well, uh, he he's well, Weedon's getting the writing com- uh, credit. He's, he's getting not, a, he's, he's getting, getting a writing, writing credit. credit. He's yeah. not getting directing credit. A writing credit. Anyway, so yes, you heard me right. This is episode one hundred and fifty. Hundred episodes ago, you mean one fifty? One fifty. One fifty. hundred episodes ago, um, Mike, myself, and uh, Jim, who could not make it tonight because schoolwork, had um, done the top twenty best superhero movies of all time. But before we started that, we had to break out a little champagne. Yeah. Now I know Mike's not much of a champagne guy, and I actually had this sitting in my house from um, the Game of Thrones finale. So uh, Mike is going to, I think, consume his Powerade. Champagne makes me giggly. <laughs> and Joe and I are going to have some of the Game of Thrones uh, Valerie Doharis Belgian-style triple ale. Yes, Which we are. is neither comic book-based nor... No, but it's nerd-based for everybody but you, Mike. It is, it is geeky as geeky can All get. right, so, but, just like last time... Point that away from my face. I am not an idiot. So, Joe, here. Take a drag of the uh, the old dragon Oh, breath. look at it. Oh, look at that. Look at that. Oh, God. So we substituted a Jim for a Joe. We Yeah, well, Jim, Joe's a beer guy, so uh, I know yeah. he'll, no, he'll no, no, enjoy no. this. Episode 50 was Yeah, well, that's true. We had a J four. for another J. Yeah. Thank um, you. Also, unfortunately, Catherine couldn't be here because she is in the middle of a massive release right now. And um, 
Mike's mom has been sick. Uh, Mike Cicerone's yeah. mom yeah, has I been sick. So, um, best uh, best of health to you, Kathy. I heard that she's doing better. Yeah, she got out of the hospital today. I that's think. awesome. Yeah. So, Ooh, everybody, that's... isn't that nice? Oh, that's nice. That's smooth. Yeah, that's Get nice and smooth. Well, there's there's some left, and then we have other beer if you need it. Because doesn't smell good. It doesn't. You know, really, it doesn't smell. It, but, it does not smell good, but it tastes lovely. Joe, let me put it this way: most beer smells awful. Oh yeah. And there's something about no, brewing beer. You know, there's that mystique about brewing beer. Yeah. Boiling no, hops right. smell like shit. No, you're right. You're right. But but this smells worse than normal most beers right, do. But it tastes so Oh, it tastes so good. good. Oh, it so does good. taste good. Well, gentlemen, Joe, you've been around for at least 60 episodes. Hey, Cheers. salute. Yeah, salute. Cheers. Guys, all right. Another 50. We get to 200 and Steve will start Skyping us again. <laughs> all right. So, as I mentioned before... We did do this 100 episodes ago. And just in case you're not on the Podbean app and you are not, you haven't listened to episode 50, because Mike and I went back and forth about 50 times on this one, mm. um, here was the original um, Top 20 that was released uh, August 11th of 2011. Yeah, just, just to kind of, kind of add, add in some, some uh, like, where that sits... The last comic movie that had been released before that was Captain America the First Avenger. Right. This was prior to the very first Avengers movie. That's how far back this was. Yeah. So, here's a quick recap. Um, number 20 was Mystery Men. Number 19 was Incredible Hulk. Number 18 was Kick-Ass. Number 17 was The Crow. Number 16 was Watchmen. Number 15 was Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Wait a second, a Snyder movie made it onto the... Amazingly, I mean, yes. I, well, I mean, I understand. This just, was... just think how uh, how shallow the well was. At that this that point. was a shallow well. 14 was Batman 89. 13 was Superman the movie. Uh, 12 was Iron Man 2. 2? Oh, Iron two. Man 2, yes. Yeah. Shallow Again. well. Number 11 was The Incredibles because we were really lazy on the rules back then. Number 10 was Spider Man. Number nine was X-Men First Class. Eight was Captain America, the first Avenger. Seven was X-Men 2, X-Men United. Six was Spider-Man 2. Five was Superman. Two. Superman 2, sorry. Yeah, the numbers like are all jumbling up yeah. here. Uh, number four was Batman Begins. Number three was Thor. Wow. wow. Number Again, two. Five MCU movies oh, yeah. at yeah. Um, number two was Iron Man. And number one was The Dark Knight. So... Yeah. Now, I will say, the thing with Thor, though, it was a lot better than you were expecting. It was the one we expected to be the bad one. Now, I want to point this out, as I've said countless times before when it comes to the MCU. Every year, you're getting that movie. This is the one that counts them out. And fortunately, Inhumans doesn't count. Right, because it's TV. From what I heard, that that is. It's TV. I'm still going to watch it because I'm an idiot and I love the Inhumans. You're a completionist. Well, not only that, I love the Inhumans. So, but we'll see. Well, I've heard that if you love the Inhumans, don't watch Don't show. watch. I know, that's true. All right, so anyway, so let's see. who, And we will point out where they sat on the last list if they were on the list. Okay, and again, we're doing we're doing the, the bottom ten, yes. this, this installment, and then the next installment, which will be released in about another week, um, will be the top ten. Mm-hmm. All right? So, and again, these were voted on by you with, just to, you know, give you the Price Waterhouse rules here. Ties were broken with the Rotten Tomatoes audience score. Yep. And then a three-way, in the event of a two-way tie, 
the Rotten Tomatoes critical aggregate. Which actually in the never final came list, in. In the final list, it didn't come in. It didn't come in. In fact, the last five or six votes only shifted the numbers around a little bit. But this list has pretty much been packed for almost a week. Yeah. So I am honestly, I am kind of surprised, not surprised, at how the list turned out. I am too. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm not, it's it. No real surprises. Uh, kind of, kind of a couple you can kind of like. Okay, yeah. I, you know, there's some that I was like, oh god, please, I hope this one gets gets taken off of this list. We'll talk about honorable mentions, but yeah. uh, that didn't happen. And there were some placement. I think I'm more surprised about placement. Not only some of the stuff on the bottom, but some of the stuff on the top. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not that I'm complaining. I'm just surprised. Yeah. By no, it. I agree. I agree. So let's uh, start. Joe, why don't you start us off with number 20? All right, number 20 was Dread from 2012. This is the Carl Urban one. Yes, not the Stallone one. Not the Stallone one. He is not the... Disperse immediately, or we will use lethal force to clear the area. Where's that coming from? Over there. Access corridor. You have been warned. You now have 20 seconds to comply. It's you doing a compliant, Judge. Ten of us, only two of you. When you step out from behind that doorway, we're gonna blow the fuck out of you. Ten seconds to comply. Fuck you, Judge. You got five. Thanks for the heads up. Now I have to admit, I have not seen this movie. I did watch the Stallone one, to my much to my detriment. But from my understand, this is actually pretty good. Let's just put it: this one has people clamoring for a sequel. Nobody's asking for a sequel of the Stallone one. Uh, from what I hear, we're getting we're not getting a sequel, but we're getting a TV series with Carol Urban. Um, mm. I've heard that he is he is I mean, he's, he's he's open he's, to doing he's TV up for sh- doing he's he's do, he's open for doing TV I, series. I've heard so. he's up for for retu- returning, and it's not gonna be called Dread. It's gonna be called um what was it Mega City Mega one? City One Mega yeah. City One yeah. yeah. Um, our good friend Steve at Ape Cod writes uh, Dread. Too bad it unperformed at the box office. I guess no amount of fan and critical praise. Could overcome the wet underpants skid le- mark left by the 1995 version. Ugh. Um, I've I've never seen this one either, but I've, I, I, I've heard nothing. I've yeah, seen I've it. it. I've seen it. It is you know what this is very similar to. This is very similar to Punisher Warzone, where the fans clamored mm-hmm. for this super violent, over the top, cra- you know, just crazy everything blood that's, spilling everything, thing. Everything that's in the comic book. And then they comic. all found something better to do when it came out. Yeah. <laughs> um. What's interesting about this movie is that it they utilize a 3,000 frames per second shot for blood and splatter effects. So if someone's getting shot in the face, and there's a lot of people who get shot in the face <laughs> in this movie, it just drags. Uh. But it's like watching a balloon filled with red paint. Just <laughs> It's great. It, it's paced like a video game. Yeah. Like, Dredd starts at the bottom of a building that he that he and his team are locked in and had to get up to the 72nd floor where Cersei Lannister is waiting for him. Right. <laughs> Lena Headey. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Sorry. Other people will get that joke, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Most people will get that joke. Nah, I know, I know quite a few people that have never seen um, Game of Thrones like I have. Okay. Well, anyway, well, she's the other Sarah Connor. Yeah. yeah. She's TV Sarah Connor. Basically, yeah. Oh, boy. Um, yeah, no, this is just, I mean, Carl Urban never once takes the helmet off, which is the bit with the first of a thousand mistakes that Stallone made in <laughs> well, um, Judge St- Dredd. Stallone was like, 
Well, they got to know it's me. Well, they got to know it's me and the thing. And, you know, not like they can tell me about my voice because my voice is so, indis- you know, indistinct. If, if I wear that, then I'm just, I get into the character and they know it's just the character, yeah. not me. And Rob Schneider was not in this one either, even though oh, I think God. that would have been great fan service just to have him blown away while eating spaghetti. You yep. can do it! Yeah. All right, Mike. Why don't you take number 19? Okay. Number 19 is... I made a big push to try and get, to make sure that this movie was remained on the list. Some would say you colluded, but whatever. <laughs> Previously, number 15 is Scott Pilgrim versus the World. I think I'll make it a decaf today. Scott Pilgrim! What did you do with my sister? So, what can I get you? Is there anywhere you don't work? They're called jobs. Something a ball like you would know anything about. And by the way, I can't believe you asked Ramona out after I specifically told you not to do that. How are you doing that with your mouth? Never mind how I'm doing it. What do you have to say for yourself? Can I get a caramel macchiato? I haven't seen this one. You haven't seen this one? No. I've seen it. I like it. It. It's not, I mean, to me, and this is just my own personal opinion, it is not good enough to have um, hit my, you know, it wouldn't have, it wouldn't even touch my top 20, let alone the top 15 that I submitted. Oh, the, the, yeah, this is definitely in my top 15. It's possibly in my top 10, because mainly because... Now, now this one's really underperformed at the box office. Yeah. This is, I think this is one of those, it's, this is one of those movies where, again, where the fans... We're clamoring for something that the rest of the marketplace really wasn't ready for. It's yeah, exactly. It's got it's because it's got great... a it's a very neat. I mean, from what I understand, Scott Pilgrim versus the World. I mean, it's a very niche comic book. It's not, you know, it's it's a indie press. It's it's not like it's a well known comic property. Right. The other the other thing with this too um, is that I mean, to, to just the, the the standard lay person going in to see this movie. It's a little loud. It's a little noisy. I mean, this is prior to the advent of Avengers. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there was still, I think, that stigma about superhero movies that weren't right. Batman. But well, it, well, this, this, it, it's basically what happens, it, what would happen if a video game and a comic book had a baby. Well, right. It's, it's, it, it plays up on a lot of the 8-bit, 16-bit nostalgia for a lot of the Gen Xers. The funny mm. thing, though, is there, there's... What Edgar Wright did with this movie, though, th- there is no way that that comic book should have worked as a movie. Right. And he made it work in a the really great is, way. Visual styling is very, very good. Oh, yeah. Um, very distinctive. It can it can be a little overwhelming. And this is, again, this is just me. I have two differing opinions about this. All right? From listeners. Okay, first of all, we've got Steve. Can we talk about how Neve should have been the girl Scott chose at the end since Ramona is the kind ner- uh, wish fulfillment fetish doll and nerdy guys always fall for. Knives. Uh, knives, sorry. And are always out of reach. Any girl that is absolutely desirable will always have better options. Also, she doesn't fucking exist. <laughs> Matt Brooks wrote this. As I've said before, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World is the ultimate comic book movie because it was based on a series of graphic novels. That counts. And uh, it features Captain America, Captain Marvel, Dick Grayson, Punisher, The Spirit, and hopefully soon, not yet announced, Squirrel Girl. It was written and directed by Edgar Wright, who gave us Ant-Man. They have announced Squirrel Girl, and it's not her. No, I know that. Yeah. I know that. But, yeah, I mean... I I, I just love this movie because it is... I mean, 
because I do love the comic book. Yep. And I, it's it it what I saw in the comic is what I saw on the screen. I mean, you know, they he fights evil exes in these giant over the top battles, and then they disintegrate into coins. I mean, it's it's cool. It is fun. No, there's no denying it, but I right. It, maybe it's one of those things where it was a movie ahead of its time. And, dude, dude the, the Battle of the Bands were the two uh, Japanese yeah. Texas. I mean, it might... It, I mean, it's achieved cult status. I mean, it, it, it's got a cult It definitely... Following. Obviously, yeah. it had a following because it wasn't just you. No, I mean, like this I said, got it, it, a lot of votes to get pushed into the top it, 20. It, it, yeah. It, it, like, I, like I said, it's it's a it speaks to Gen X nostalgia. Right. And I, th- I, th- I do think it was perfectly cast, too. I think so too, and you know, again, that gets feeds into whether how what your feelings on Michael Sarah are. But not not only ambivalence, that, but um, uh, his. Except this is the end. This is he's. I liked him, and this is the end. I like. I, I like. This is the end. Is I thought this is the end. On, on sidetrack, I mean, this yeah, is the end. it was such a hilarious movie, and he was perfect just because he played it such against type. And like his his gay roommate played by I think it was Kieran Culkin. It was Kieran Culkin. Yeah, he was fantastic in this movie. Well, he was good. I mean, it's again, it's 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 it's. The, like I said, it may be one of those movies that just came out ahead of its time. I mean, maybe the, the market wasn't ready for it. I don't know. I, this kind of movie, I don't think Mark, Mark would ever have been ready for it. Which is a thing that happens. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll see, we'll see when Re- Ready Player One comes out. That's true. Oh, boy. <laughs> but Ready Player One also has the benefit of Steven Spielberg. That name carries a lot of weight. Come on. It does carry a lot of weight. Um, unless, but... unless, you're, unless your title is... Uh, the BFG. Yeah, well, yeah. I was gonna say. Uh, other than the BFG, it was a lot of time Spielberg directed a movie that was uh, like very fanciful. Uh, mm. Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park Two: The Lost World. I, 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 yeah, that's that's one of his lesser efforts. Okay. No. All right. Anyway, number eighteen. A movie that Steve refers to as being surprised that it made the list sure has a better story and character development than the first one, but most of the jokes are lower brow, just make more money in China. That movie, and if you want to see Andy cry, you will put on our number 18 film, Guardians of the Galaxy (laughs) Volume 2. I know them scientists what made you never gave a rat's ass about you. I'm serious, dude. Just like my own damn parents who sold me, your old little baby into slavery. I know who you are, boy, because you're me. What kind of a pair are we? The kind that's about to go fight a planet, I reckon. All right, okay, good. That's, wait, fight a what? There is something, this is... What's the song? Huh? What's the oh, song? Father and Son by Cat Stevens. Yeah. <laughs> Every fucking time. Yeah, it's not Shamalamalady. <laughs> Every fucking time. Oh my god. I was playing this on guitar and I was like... <laughs> um, this movie may very well be my favorite Marvel movie now. Be- mainly because of the emotional strings that it does hit. That's right. It's a very... Very good movie. It is a good movie. It is a yeah. it is very a good movie. I, I do... I I prefer the first one. Yeah. Um, maybe because I thought for me the the downfall the uh, not the downfall but the biggest downside of the second one. Yeah. Was that the f- climax was 
very, very all over the place and very CGI heavy, very loud. Yeah. I, I wanted it, I wanted it, I mean, the first one was much more... Grounded? Much more, like, the, the climax was a dance-off. <laughs> Bro. And I thought it was fantastic. This one, it was a CGI... There's a yeah. lot going on because there was yeah. a lot going on. He's also right. fighting a fucking planet. A sentient and, planet. And, I mean, come on. Can we just say how Kurt, how good Kurt Russell was as he oh, Kurt Russell was Actually, I will say he was the weakest part of this entire movie. You, what? Part of it was I didn't need to hear him explain the whole Brandy thing. Because it just sounded like my dad uh, so yeah, I, I, tried I, to explain music to me while I'm 45 years old. You know? Well, right, but you gotta you, you have to look at it from the context of the fact that this guy, that ego, has not seen Peter right. in 34 years. Yeah. Well, I will say that Brandy, you're a fine girl. What, what a good wife you would you'd be. be. So the, thing, the thing is, I don't like. I hate that song. <laughs> of, all, of, all, of, all, of all the songs on the, on the soundtrack, that's my least favorite. Really? I'm not, I'm not yeah. a fan of that song too much either. Well, I mean, my dad loves that song. Oh, oh really? Song. Oh. I think that I mean, with this movie, the first movie was about. Finding a family. Yeah. Right. This movie's about losing a family and finding out what's more important. This, I th- Because he loses, I mean, he loses not only his actual dad, but his father, spoilers alert, by the way. Um, <laughs> his father sorry. figure. Yeah, the, he loses the man who was his father and just he as he realizes that he was his daddy the right. entire time. Yeah. Um, the fact that Rocket... Rocket is a huge arc in this movie, if you think about it. Because Rocket, you know, does stupid things like steals batteries for no reason. and Right, yeah, right. It, it's uh, You kind of get the feeling that Rocket is not as sympathetic at the beginning. It's not, he's not as sympathetic. He's like, Jesus, Rocket, what the hell's wrong with you? Right. But then as the story progresses, you kind of realize that there's a lot more to, them, to it than He just... needed a real friend that is, besides Groot. Right. Yeah. Actually, Who's awesome. Yes. No, honestly, um, you know, for me, the breakout character for this from this one was Yondu. Yeah, oh, Yondu, Yondu they, yeah. The, the, the character arc that they gave to Yondu in this one was amazing. Was, I did, I did it not. Was deep. It was I mean, deep. It and was then that answered a lot of people's desires to see them do more with Michael Rooker. I mean, I mean. Oh, he did. Yeah, he nailed. He hit it out of the park. I mean, too. Yondu in the first one was good. Yondu was in good, the second he, one was amazing. But Yondu in the first one was kind of like the antihero. You really didn't. You're like, yeah, you know, he's an a- he's an a hole. Yeah, you know? yeah. Why the hell would you do this to this kid? But then you kind of see what the bigger story was and yeah. what the hell over right. the two movies. And you're like, okay, that makes sense. So now Yondu in part one, I have a lot more sympathy and a lot more empathy. No, exactly. It's it, it definitely the, the two pieces fit really really well together. Um, Are you listening, stuff- Zack Snyder? And you know, that's the thing too. Is that like. You know, it, there were times when the movie could get very, very dark, especially with Nebula. Yes. But Nebula's story arc. Oh, yeah. It was her growth. And I was watching, uh, Lindsay Ellis had a, a whole thing about Guardians of the Galaxy and essentially how this one plays a lot differently than most comic book movies do. Or even because she's still doing that whole Michael Bay thing, how the Michael Bay movies treat men and women relationships. And with with a lot of like the Michael Bay stuff, it's this toxic masculinity. And the closest thing you get to that in Guardians, you know, with the exception of um, you know, some of the stuff that Drax says and the fact that Drax really is an a-hole to uh, Mantis the entire time. Yeah. yeah. Some great great lines yeah. though. 
that someone like Taserface is like a parody yeah. of, ma- of toxic masculinity. Yeah. But at the same time, when you see the way that like Peter doesn't get the girl in the end, they still don't kiss. Right. You know, they have like that one, you know, the one arm hug thing at the end as they're watching the fireworks. But, you know, he's not rewarded for his douchebaggery the same way that any male in a right. Michael Bay movie gets rewarded right. for he's, their douchebaggery. You know, you know, in, you know in, in the most kind of basic sense of the word, Peter Quill is a bro. He you is. Know, he's, he's, he's absolutely a bro. He's, he's a, bro. He's a womanizer, he's a you know. Right, exactly. Oh, I'm sorry. I forgot you were here. <laughs> right, exactly. He's, he's a bro. But he gets called out on it. Gamora calls out on his shit yeah. all the time. Yeah. You know. And the fact and that it brings he, him, it's like he, it makes him realize, oh, maybe you know, you know. And so he becomes just kind of like this lovable lunkhead, right? But you still, he's still a bro, right? Exactly, exactly. And I mean, that works really, really well. Um, the relationship between Gamora and um, and uh, Nebula, Nebula, was, oh, it was, was great. Was great just, yeah. just some of the just some of the things that Nebula comes back. At I her like with. that they gave her more to Jillian Jacobs, right? Jillian. Uh, uh, Doctor Who, yeah, right. Amy, Amy Pond uh, is um, Karen Karen Gillan. Karen Gillan, yeah, sorry, yeah. she got a lot more to do in this one. Yeah, um, some of the stuff. Oh God, the stuff with um, with Zack Snyder's brother, That's not Zack Snyder, um, uh, James Gunn James Gunn's brother. brother. Yeah. Oh yeah. The whole thing about well, what you gonna do? <laughs> I'm going to charter a ship and I am going to scour the universe for Thanos, and I will not rest until his body is dead. Oh, I thought you were just going to buy like some pretty lady things, like a like a hat or a necklace. <laughs> yeah, or something. Then, he's like, then he's like patting her on the shoulder. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, I love that. They guy. handled. They handled. This is a sequel done right. Yeah. yeah. Now, obviously, we haven't talked about the first one in any depth yet. Spoilers. Um, <laughs> but we will. But we, yeah, we will. We will. But Spoilers. again, it, this just hits, especially with someone like myself. Hit me on such an emotional level. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I I know a lot of people that are like, yes, the first one is better, but I don't know a whole lot of people who said this movie sucks. No, no, no. It's a, you'd be hard pressed to find it. Yeah. All right, Joe, you're All on right. number seventeen, buddy. This this one has a special place in my heart, and I have to say, this probably number seventeen, Batman, nineteen eighty. No, 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 no. Seventeen. Yeah. Yeah, seventeen. Oh, it's okay. Batman 1989. Did we, get, did we move stuff? Yeah, it was num- It was at number 14 oh, previously. Okay. Back in the last episode. Last oh, okay. Episode yeah, uh, that's my bad. That's my bad. Sorry. I've been dead once already. It's very liberating. You should think of it as uh, therapy. <laughs> Jack, listen. Maybe we can cut a deal. Jack? Jack is dead, my friend. You can call me Joker. And as you can see, I'm a lot happier. But no, Batman 89, Michael Keaton as Bruce Wayne slash Batman. Yep. I, I think they should officially, now, cha- they should was, officially change the name to Batman-89. Well, the, 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 the actual action figures... That's what they call it, Batman 89. Yeah. Like from that well, that's because... And Steve Wright, not gonna lie, watched the shit out of Michael Keaton back in the role. Come on, WB, just let it happen. I, especially in Batman Beyond, oh my god, that'd be fucking awesome. Yeah. Anyways, 
Now, I I will say, I'm surprised that this made it in and not Batman Returns. We had a lot of last-minute swell for Batman Returns, but there's a... I, and I'll, I'll say and, this, because and, 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 I am with you. I think Batman Returns is a better movie. Right, and, and it's I, nothing... It's we had nothing, a discussion last show. It's nothing against Batman 89, because, let's be honest, I mean, it came out in the wake of the Dark Knight, uh, the Frank Miller's Dark Knight Returns. Yep. So it was kind of like at the peak of that the dark, greedy Batman. And I remember the hype around this. I remember the... Con- you know, people talk about losing their shit when they hear about castings nowadays. Yeah. I remember when I read in... I don't know if it was Entertainment Weekly that Michael Keaton was cast as Batman. And I remember people losing their shit over that. Oh, my God. Because this was, this was, was the internet days. Right after Beetlejuice. Yes. And that's the thing. We had known Michael Keaton for uh, Mr. Mom, Mom, Beetlejuice, Gung Ho. This was right before he did Clean and Sober, which was like his big, um, you know, serious role. Yeah, Yeah, uh, yeah, potential Oscar push, which he didn't get. But the thing with Batman 89, and again, I I agree with Mike, it should just be called Batman 89. Yeah. Yeah. It wrote the rules. Yes. It wrote the rules that essentially, because right before this, for the last. 11 years, it had been nothing but Superman. And, well... To diminishing returns. Superman, exactly. Depending on how, who you're talking to. Um, and those rules had been forgotten because the canon films ran out of money halfway through shooting the quest for peace. Right. Um, I mean, it, honestly, I think, I think of this movie as basically proof of concept. Hmm. This basically was showing you this is what Batman can be. But Batman Begins is the fulfillment of that concept. Right. Batman I Begins? I mean, Batman Returns. Returns. I, I, all right. I, it is a We're going to have to side, we are going to have to sidebar right. Batman Returns. But, to get to Mike's point, what this movie did was, the proof of concept of this movie was, if you hire somebody who actually reads the fucking comic book yeah. and understands the source material and is not just there to make a buck, then that, well, is, that is a proof of concept. Now, back to my point. This movie was written on the fly. This entire movie oh, was yeah. shot on the fly. Yeah. When they, you know, when uh, Michael Keaton was dressed up in the bat suit, which, by the way, loved the bat suit at first, but when you actually get a good solid look at it, you could stick an entire hand in between the openings of his but, mask. But yeah, but you remember how dark that movie was. I mean, in terms of not just dark, right. but just in right. terms of cinema- cinematography, it was a dark, yeah, a lot a of a dark took place movie, in the shadows right. and stuff like that. But. And I was always, kind of, I always thought it was kind of weird that Batman could not turn his head. He always had, he was always looking out of his, the side of his eyes, which, is, which kind of worked. But well, if he turned his head, you could see the, the rubber wrinkle. Well, right, it, it, right. It, it because, took nineteen years to get him to turn his head. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Nineteen. Um. But all right. So the way that Batman was done, Batman was Tim Burton was more of a director for hire. You know, he had a certain visual look that they liked, but for the most part. The producers were the ones that put put the, the movie under wraps. They were the ones that were moving the story forward. They were the ones that would tell him, you know, what, what's up there? What, what's up those stairs when I get there? Oh, you'll find out once we figure it out. <laughs> um, with Batman Returns, on the other hand, it was truly... It, it, it was a Tim Burton movie right. featuring Batman. What I liked about it, they still kept the, the, the dark 
dark nature of it. Um, the set, like the penguin. I oh. think you couldn't at that time. At that point in time, you could not have done the penguin any other way. I don't care no. how, what you say. Been, you want to see? You would have been a joke if they'd done it like the comic book in at 1992. Time. I don't give a shit what you say. You think you want to see? If you see a fat guy just with a you know with the the cigarette filter, right. you know acting like a fat Burgess Meredith from Batman sixty six, you're a fucking liar. Because the second you'd actually see that, you'd be bored out of your mind. Right, exactly. The thing is, is that Batman Returns is more of a filmmaker's film. But it worked. It worked really, really well. Batman is a movie. It is a production studios movie that Tim Burton got. God bless him. Got his name on. And the, and the thing is, the thing is, Batman is the sort of character that that can work for. You can right. make a film out of a Batman story. See, my, my biggest thing about Batman Returns is that I like the characters, but it doesn't feel like Gotham City. It feels like a, a pastiche of Gotham City. No. It feels like a caricature. The thing is they expanded on Gotham. No, they, no, they, they is, made well, it into a cartoon. They made live action characters on a cartoon set. Gotham is a pastiche of New York, okay? So, well, I mean, yeah, it's... but it didn't look like New York. It looked like a cartoon. Now, now funny, we're, we've been, we're talking more about Batman Begins, even though Batman 89... You mean Batman Returns, yes. Oh, Batman, Batman Returns, Returns is what we need to talk about. That, right. no. Let's talk about Batman 89. Yeah. All right, again, so... All right. So many so many iconic moments in it, you know? Th- this, again, this movie wrote, uh, wrote the rules. It wrote the suit. Do you remember the first time you saw that Batman suit? Ooh, Do you remember how fucking excited God, you were when no, you finally what? realized that, oh my God, they took us seriously... They knew Michael it's, Keaton couldn't fill that thing out. There's muscles built into it. The first time you see him in the movie was just that shadow moving through the, the smoke. Yeah, uh, but that first one. And I yeah. love that they didn't jerk you around on that. No. And you see Batman in the first five minutes of the movie. Yeah. yeah. The, cre- the opening credit sequence. The fanfare. Yeah. You didn't get a fanfare like that since the first no. Superman movie. No. Um, and again... And then, oh. Have you ever danced with the devil by the, the pale moonlight, moonlight? Which every jack off in my high school did as their yes, senior they did. quote. Yes, they did. Holy fucking I rem- shit. I remember going through the yearbook and leading, Jesus, keep people. I, gradu- I graduated in 1990, so <laughs> this was still fresh. Yep. Um, it wrote the rules on the suit. It wrote the rules the music. on the, the music. The Danny music. Elfman. The, that, I mean, well, I mean the, that, pri- the Prince soundtrack. No, no, but the Danny Elfman music no, defined, Danny Elfman, absolutely. defined Batman theme music until the Nolan verse came but out. But the Prince soundtrack was, was aw- unnecessary. I mean, it was, no, no, I no, love the There are certain the things about the Prince soundtrack that are really, really good. And on, on its own, it is good. It's not great Prince right. music. It yeah. doesn't fall into Purple Rain. It doesn't fall into um, you know Graffiti Bridge. It falls into that... Happy, warm medium. And it fits on that parade scene where you're seeing... The, the parade gym. scene? The, the scene in the museum. Yes. It fits there. The bat but, dance was ridiculous. Okay, I'll be the first person... I love Prince. I'll be the first person who went, bat dance is stupid. But it it is unbelievable. It, it, the video worked really well, yeah. well. Because what that did was that gave you a more, a more open approach to watching this Heavily merchandised movie, yes. which kills me because they only made three action figures. Yeah, but now 
Well, now. No, you can't. But yeah, but like I said, the Danny Elf movie defined the, Batman The Danny Elf score is one of my all-time I mean, they, they favorite lift, Batman. It, yeah. it's my, they one of my lifted it directly for the animated series, yeah. which everybody thinks it, it's, it loves. I mean, that is like highly acclaimed. For no, me, it's, it's the second best, um, second best uh, superhero score right behind Superman. Oh, easily. Yeah. Easily. I mean, the fanfare, it works really, really well. Um, the fact that they were actually able to cast an actor, like, a big-name actor as your villain who gave a shit, unlike Marlon and the, Brando. Uh, and the, and the, great thing, the, the great thing is they made a fun movie without having it to be campy. Right. They made a fun movie also without pandering. Because right. that's the one thing this movie does not do. It doesn't do a lot of callbacks. Just for the sake of callbacks, you're not pulling out of the box of pandering where, to you where know. Does he get those wonderful toys? A great line. We didn't have Grandpa Batman as Adam West. Yeah, that's true. Oh Jesus! <laughs> he was so upset when that happened too. Um, but all right. With that said, not the biggest fan of Jack Nicholson as Joker, especially the older I get. Uh, well, Part I, of that is because it's just it's Jack being Jack. Yeah. Just this time with white face paint and uh, mouth prosthetics. It works for me. I, I, I have no problem. You know, it's fine. You know, it worked to a point until Mark Hamill revolutionized right, that character, <laughs> and that was so. That was the window between Jack, Jack, and Mark Hamill is so minute. Yeah. You know, unlike um, obviously, I, I didn't know what I wanted until I saw Heath Ledger, yeah. but you know, that's another story for another time. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, Jack Nicholson for me. I, I like Jack Nicholson, but he's always just playing Jack Nicholson. It, it's very rare to see yeah. a role of Jack Nicholson where he's playing something Another, other right. than crazy Jack Nicholson. Right now, Joe, let me ask you this, okay? Because I know you and I have been party to conversations about this before. Do you feel like Batman '89 is now like just considered to be a bad movie by Batman purists? No, no, I don't think so. I, I get that. Feeling a lot. I don't know. I, I it's don't like one of those so. movies I, that people like. No, no. Well, you know what? It's generational. I okay. Think, yeah. I think in our generation, we still hold up Batman because, like you said, you think about the drought that we went through before Batman '89. Came yeah. Out. And then, I mean, Batman. For a lot of people up to that point, the only image they had of Batman was Adam West. Right. For us. For us. It was bad. Adam for West. Michael Uslan. Michael Uslan, <laughs> who produced. Uh, Batman was Adam West, and yeah. he wanted to make a movie that was more than Bam Whap Pow. Right, exactly. And, and he, so, I, so, for, but for for Gen Xers like us, Batman '89 represents everything we wanted in a comic book movie to be taken seriously. Yeah, you know. So, I think for us, yes, you know, we still hold Batman in high Batman '89 in very high regard. We don't think it's a bad movie. It's a, you know, we we recognize its strengths. We also recognize its weaknesses and, and stuff like that. Right. I think what Nolan ver- what Nolan did for the, another generation just showed him like l- elevated it to like auteur because Chris Nolan's an auteur. Yeah. You know, he's not just a filmmaker or director. Right. He's an auteur. So he took he took with Batman Begins. He took it to just another level that eighty nine just right. wasn't, wasn't at. Right. All right. We ready to move on? Yes. Yeah. All right, Mike. Sixteen. Sixteen is pro. Yeah, the most recent movie on our list. Yeah. No, it's not actually. But go ahead. Okay. Uh, it Number is. Number nine is. 
Oh, yeah. No, he's right. Oh, I thought that one came out after. Nope. But anyways, moving hey, on. Hey, go ahead. Anyway, uh, it is Wonder Woman. A movie that Steve writes, gender politics is the only conceivable reason it isn't higher on the list, you fucking nerds. Marriage? Marriage, you not have that done yet. You go before a judge and uh, you swear to love, honor, and cherish each other until death do you part. And do they? Love each other till death? Not very often, no. Then why do they do it? I have no idea. <laughs> so you cannot sleep with me unless I, I marry I will, you. I'll sleep with you if you want. I'll sleep right there. There's I'll plenty sleep. of room. Then fine. If you don't mind, I'll go no, so I know. it's up to you. I'm just I, trying. I know it's up to me. I'm making the choice. I'll come sleep with you. <laughs> okay. Um, it absolutely made my list. It made my list, too. I, didn't I, make yours, I though. I was, I, I, I didn't, uh, Mr. Sorry. DC did not vote for After I made... Well, and when I sent my list and Andy put it out there, I made a mistake. So I just had this one. I did not think... Think that Wonder Woman was going to... Yeah, it's it okay. My... Wonder Woman will be high enough, right? Um, I, I figured... And, and honestly, I thought it would be higher. I thought it would be at least top ten. I honestly thought so, too. This was the I one mean, I was talking about earlier. I was surprised this wasn't higher. I mean, it, and this, it really is a good movie. It's, it's not just... It's a very good movie. It is... Well, I mean, beyond the you know beyond the like beyond the gender politics of it, you know, being you know of Patty Jenkins as a female director and a right. female superhero, it really is a it good is, movie. It is one of the best origin movies I've seen in the yeah, it is. Time. This is honestly should have been put out before Batman versus Superman. Should have, but because here's the thing with Wonder Woman, I learned a lot about Wonder Woman. I learned a lot about Diana in this yes. movie. When you go back after it, you've watched Wonder Woman. Go back and watch Batman vs. Superman. And it'll make figure out what the fuck was she even doing here? Yeah. She didn't need to do anything. They didn't introduce her properly. They just kind of, she showed up in she a showed up at a party. Par- no, she just showed up at a party. She showed up at a party. But no, when she finally shows up as Wonder Woman, if you never read a page of a DC comic book. Who is this? And you, you went to a movie theater filled with people who have no idea what the fuck's going on. You're like, who the hell is she? Wonder Woman is an excellent origin movie. This is the origin movie I've been saying for years they need to make for her. Yeah. Yeah. Be it a Thor or Captain America type origin story. Take her all the way back to the beginning. Yep. You know? I, I was I was actually setting it in World War One, I, I thought it was a fantastic well, you couldn't say it in World War Two because then you, you you're drawing immediate comparisons to Captain America. Yeah, right. But it also, I mean, I think it fits for the character, like the character that they they wrote in mm, this yes. one. It fit for fantastically. Not for only World that, War. honestly, World War One is a very underrepresented war yeah. in movies. Yeah. So I right. I can understand that that is a that's a well, and really, it's always well, it's always falling prey to his bigger brother. Well, no, the, the problem with... The thing about World War One is, at the time, and kind of... One of my hobbies is reading up and doing a lot of reading about World War One and stuff like that. At the time, a lot of people really thought it was the apocalypse. Yeah. It changed the world, and people had not seen any war like it beforehand. So... I mean, it made... Per- so, so, to fit Wonder Woman in this, kind of, in the middle of this, makes perfect sense. Yeah. You know, a god. You bring a god into this. This is... This has this war has to be the work of gods, right? Because we've never seen anything like this before. Um, here's the thing with this movie, and I I I, I, you know, I don't want you guys to misunderstand me at all. I love this movie, 
This movie is more of an important movie than it is a truly great movie, in my it's, opinion. It's the most important movie in the DC. Well, not only that, it's for the for most WB. important for movie DCWB. for for a lot of young kids. A lot. Of, you brought your daughter oh, to it. She loved. I brought my daughter to it. it. And you know, after we got through the whole noble sacrifice thing, that there were many tears shed. Mm-hmm. I asked my daughter when I when it comes out on Blu-ray, do you want me to buy it? And she, her eyes lit up. Said, Yeah, let's buy oh, it. Yeah. This when the no man's land scene, which is oh my, my easily the best scene. scene in the entire movie. Absolutely, easily the best scene in the entire movie. I saw her finally make that. That is an appearance. Yeah. That is a first appearance. She comes up over the ladder and just walks through no man's land, deflecting bullets. And I am gripping my daughter, and I'm thinking to myself, you have no idea what this means right now. What this moment on screen means to you, as well as me right now, being your dad. And it's great because she's in the trenches. She's got all these men telling her, no, you can't do that. Don't do it. No, don't do it. Diana, no. Diana, yes. And Diana's like, I'm doing it. And she walks up. And and just, just... I mean, going from Gal Gadot's credit, yeah, the look on her face when she's just walking through and just they're just determination, yeah, yeah. and just bouncing and that's, and, and, that's another, and that's another great thing is, I had a lot of my doubts about Gal Gadot. She 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 she, she hit it. She she yeah. nailed it. She has been she has been fantastic through this entire yeah. thing. Yeah, she's handled the pressure better. Very I think well. than anybody else. She's handled it better than Ben Affleck. Oh, she's okay. a sad Ben Affleck. <laughs> I'm out. I'm in. I'm out. Mike, take a look. See what, where he's at right now. Is he out or in? <laughs> um, well, depends on who you ask. If you ask him, he's in. If you he ask Matt Reeves, he's out. He's out. <laughs> if you ask his brother, he's out. Casey Affleck wants that Luger Batman money. If you ask Don Campia, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Justice League will be the number one movie of the year. Mark my words. Anyway. Um. All right. So this movie, first of all, brought a lot of goodwill to yeah. a dying franchise. Oh, this was death. I mean, if this had not worked, no, would it, there, would, there would be a lot of different changes. A lot of different There would be changes. heads on pikes. Not oh, not yeah. figuratively. I'm talking literally in front of Warner Brothers, heads on pikes. With sad Affleck walking by. Exactly. This is this is Warner Brothers finally saying, "You know what? We actually made an actual profit on something that wasn't Harry Potter." <laughs> um we didn't just break even like we did in the last three movies. Exactly. These expensive washouts that did great great numbers on paper, but when you look at their continual drops, Wonder Woman had legs. Oh, and it still has right? legs. Still has legs. It is still, I mean, it's, it is still pulling in. It last, I just checked it today. Domestic domestic box office 410. Right. Yeah. Worldwide it's like it's, clo- it's, it's close. It's 8.30, I think. Close to, yeah. Yeah. 8.30. It's just behind Guardians of the Galaxy, which is 8.60. I thought that um, Homecoming beat. No, it, it's, it's actually, Wonder Woman is still outrunning Homecoming. Okay, well. I mean, yeah, but it was only, right. it was only out two weeks. Flat. Right. It's, you know, and it, it's it's a really good movie. Now, does it have flaws? Absolutely oh, yeah. it has yeah. flaws. The yeah. special effects with oh, especially a couple the of end, Especially the end, but. Yeah. It, it, a lot of the special, yeah, Ares look terrible. There's a lot of bad... A, a lot of bad CG, a lot of bad uh, mocap in it. But this is one of those things where the story and the actual kind of overall movie outweighs yeah. Yeah. The, the, the flaws in the CGI. The climax, the climax right. is definitely the weakest of the part of the movie, but there's enough human this, well, this drama is, to make it, to elevate This it. is, 
this is kind of the flip of Batman vs. Superman where Batman vs. Superman needed and relied on its flawed CGI to hide a lot of the flaws in the Well, story. yeah, well, that's what happens when you, when, when you use nothing but gray filters in front of your cameras also. The thing with the thing with this movie is yes the third act it it falls apart in the third act her theme is terrible I'm sorry I hate that Hans the Zimmer XL one? the Junkie XL theme because <laughs> even that because I'm sorry that, if you, if you, if you, if you, if your composer is a guy named Junkie, Junkie XL, XL but Junkie XL has done some good stuff he did Deadpool it's just from from for me when you have like the like the Hans Zimmer score. And then so you have that electric guitar right in the middle of it. It's like, that is very It took place. me out of, because this was at the tail end of the, the No Man's Land thing. Yeah. And they threw that theme in there, and I'm like, okay, thanks. You just took me out of it. Yeah. Thanks. Now, with that said, do you think they start building this entire franchise around, around Wonder Woman? Oh, I because it certainly fucking seems like it will. From what I understand, a lot of the JLA uh, Justice League reshoots revolve I, I, around involving Diana more. I guarantee you as soon as the first box office figures for uh, Wonder Woman came in, they're like, uh, Joss, could you start writing some extra, some little extra Wonder Woman scenes for just for Justice League that we'll throw in there? You think? But you think yeah. about you think about it. After Justice League, what's the next DC movie? Aquaman. Which is 2018. 2018. Now you had mentioned this, I mean, you, you and I got into an interesting conversation about this, that in between Justice League and Aquaman, there's going to be what, Joe? Nada. From DC. But. But. We got Star Wars. We got Ragnarok. We got. You've got Black, Black Panther. Panther. You've got Ant-Man and Wasp. You've you got, got Infinity Wars. Wars. When is uh, Aquaman coming out? Aquaman's coming out December, December of 2018. 2018. December. December so a year of and two months. So, don't hold your breath. Kind of like Aquaman did underwater in that in that quick time video in Batman vs Superman. And then you're welcome. Then after that, well, I heard they just signed Patty Jenkins and Wonder Woman's. Yeah, oh my god, 2019. Can you? Well, no, but they've already moved the date though because they were they're putting it in December of 2019. So what is coming out in 2019? December in episode nine. Yeah, I, I I actually I think they should move it up at least at least a month or two. But but. Did you hear the deal that Patty Jenkins got? She got an amazing she's deal. The high, she is the highest paid female director. She's ever. got between seven and nine million plus a huge chunk of the back end. Yes, she yeah. is. She is making money hand over fist. By the way, and I'm sorry to piss on your parade a little bit, guys, but did you hear who is going to be one of the writers for Wonder Woman? Who? I don't remember the guy's name exactly, but he wrote the story for The Expendables, um, and among other things, also did some of the screenplay work for Godzilla 2014. Well, I like Godzilla, so I can't... Yeah, but I, like I think Godzilla. it was all the stuff that people complained about. Oh. Okay. Well, we'll see. People are bitching that Chris is going to write episode 9, but he also wrote Ar- Argo, despite the fact that he wrote PBS. Chris Terrio's a good author. But when they was announced he was going to write episode 9, what's the first thing people said? Batman vs. Superman. Exactly. Martha! Exactly how much of that was Chris Terrio's... No, that, I, yeah, it's all Zack Snyder. But. Yeah, Chris Terrio did like an early write... And then I'll, I mean, I would have loved to see. I would have loved. Let's do this instead. After watching Argo, I would have loved to seen a Ben Affleck, Chris Terrio, uh, Batman. But yeah. I would have loved to seen that too. Guess what? Ain't gonna happen. It ain't gonna happen. Um. Anyways, anyway, moving on. 
Shall we move on? All right, Dave, so... Dave Callahan. Okay. Number 15, formerly number 5 on our 2011 list. It goes to show what's, what's come out since. Superman 2. He has powers as we do, certainly, but... Uh, oh, magnificent one. He is just one. Or you are three. Mm. Or four, if you count him twice. We will bring him to his knees. Wait! First you must find him. And Lex Baby is the only one who knows where he is. Um, I will say this. I love, you know, I love Superman and Superman 2. It does not age well. It's aged poorly. Steve even, writes, even the Donner cuts yeah. age very poorly. Steve writes, there's no better praise of, than two separate directors on, of two separate adaptations, both writing love letters to Richard Donner. <laughs> um... Yeah, this was this was tough because we couldn't include the Donner Cut based on our roles. <laughs> All right, there are some things that are very good about this movie. This this movie is definitely more action packed, definitely, and yeah. a faster pace than the first Superman. Movie. I prefer Superman two over Superman one. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's because you want to see Superman fight some yeah. somebody, not just flying around. You were saving also, kids. Yeah. Which, I don't know. You know which you know what I. This is a direct criticism of Zack Snyder. I also want to see Superman save some kittens, too. Right, exactly. Which would have been helpful in Man of Steel. <laughs> which didn't happen because... But I'm so sorry. Fine! No, because Dad says I can't. Fuck him. Um, Anyways. Yeah. And I actually, I like Man of Steel, too, so... It really depends also, I think, on where you're coming from in terms of your initial... Introduction to superhero movies. Well, for for I think for a lot of people, they might have seen Superman two before they saw Superman one. I did. I saw Superman two before I saw Superman one. I mean, for Gen Xers, Superman was the only Superman. Superman. Up until eighty nine, nineteen eighty nine. Yes, the only superhero movie out there. Unless we wanted, unless you you wanted to watch the Marvel TV movies. I don't remember (laughs) which one I saw first, but I think it was Superman two. I guarantee you saw Superman two first. It was played more on the HBO. I didn't have HBO. Okay. Now, Whatever was, you had I had Channel 56. Now, I will say I will say this, and and maybe the, this is not true of the character today. One of the reasons I hate Lois Lane as a character was because of Superman, the Superman movies. I just do not like... I did not like... Now, this is not true of the, of the modern incarnation of the character, but she was just there to get saved by Superman, get herself into situations where she yeah. needed to be saved by Superman. It's like... Lady, what is wrong with you? You're, you're, you're talking about a demigod who could be save, out saving the world. Yeah, he's got to save your dumbass all the time. Which, again, all right, and... 70s. I understand it's the time period and, and the like thing that, is, okay, and this deviates completely off of Superman 2 for just a second, please indulge me. No. Remember in Man of Steel where we were like, you know what, Lois Lane's not bad, she's not an idiot. Right. And then Batman vs. Superman happened and it's like... What happened? Fucking A, Lois, again? <laughs> you're you're regressing, lady. Exactly. Wait, I, I, I can stand in the in the center of this all this destruction. I'll be fine, right? <laughs> oh, no, I need someone to save me. Hey, Lois is drowning, guys. Could you take care of the shave troll for me? And I think that was one of the... Oh, uh, yeah, one sure. Of the big, one got, of the big powers. Again, and that was one kind of... Why Batman v Superman was kind of regressive is like... Superman... Yeah, I know. You, you understand he has a relationship with Lois, but he puts everything aside to go save her while she's right, doing exactly. stupid shit out in the middle you of know, 
We're all dudes. Desert. We're all guys. I know the lengths we go to through to get laid. Exactly. But you're come super, on. You're Superman. Superman. You don't need to do this. Just put the suit on. But Superman but hey, too. They had a bathtub scene. Oh, good God. Oh. Yeah. Anyway. Anyways, anyway, back anyways, to Superman 2. Superman 2. Okay. So first of all, with Superman 2, it's one of those things that once you know there's a second cut and that a second director hopped on there, yeah. you can't unsee that. No. You you can definitely pick out which scenes oh were Lester's. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Oh, it, the, totally. Yeah. Totally. Going back and watching the, the Lester cut... Totally, it's a completely different movie because there's a lot more gags thrown in there. Yeah. Uh, the French, the, the the Eiffel Tower scene. If I were if I were French, I'd be very upset. I would be. Uh, I'd be, be very offended. very offended because that scene was just pretty much in there to laugh at the frogs. Yeah. Um. It's there were things uh, about Superman two I really really like, and I can understand where people are coming from that they like it better than Superman one uh, the the movie. Yeah. Mainly because the pace is, is crisp. It's yeah. a nice crisp pace. There isn't a lot of downtime on everything, which might be its flaw. I think of anything, in terms of my own complaints, it's my flaw. It's my complaint about the movie. I think it just, it may jump a little too much. Not enough time is spent with Lex Luthor being, being Lex Luthor. Lex Luthor had no point in being in that movie. He really didn't. He didn't. It should have just been all yeah, about they, General they, 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 they threw that. They put Lex Luthor in that movie because hey, Gene Hackman. Right, exactly. We got him. No, no, it's not that they got him. They had shot all of his shit. Oh, that's they, why. Did, you have to. You have to admit the movie gave us one of the most iconic lines in all the comic. What new son of Jarrell? New before Zod. You will bow down before me, Joel. You and then your ass. <laughs> Wait, where's Jarrell? Um, we didn't want to pay him for a second movie. Oh. Lama! <laughs> Son of Jarrell, I will kill you! Oh, wait, no, wait, sorry. That's yeah, I mean, it's, it, you're right. It has more, you know, the, the lesser cut versus the downer cut has more. But some of the side gags work. You know, like, like Soup's just sitting there. We need, just floating outside the, Perry's office. Like, oh, yeah. We need to talk. Oh, yeah. Actually, you, you want to take a step outside? You want to take a step outside? In the downer cut, that's a different line. Yeah. That's, that's the one line that I wish... They'd, they'd they take him from... They'd kept from the don, from this lesser Well, cut. there's the other thing, too. The reveal. Yeah. The Niagara Falls reveal. Let's trip over yeah. a rug. Oh, exactly. Hey, Clark, your hand's not burnt. Well, you got me, Lois. I'm Superman. Wink. Oh, God. Oh, God. It's just... Yeah. It's, I wish that they had finished... That there were finished bits of the Donner Cut because that's the one problem with the Donner Cut is that because you're using test footage... Yeah. It looks weird. It looks out of but place. But at the same time, if you're in... But the story works. If you're me, dark. if you're me and you're just following the story, it works so much better. Yeah. But again, I can understand why people like this. My cousin David was like, you know, Superman 2, without a question, is better than Superman the movie. Yeah. I, I don't disagree with that. <sighs> it's it's For, tough. Well, we're going to get into it. We're going to get into it. Yeah. Again, spoiler alert. But, I mean, there's a lot of this. I don't hate this movie. Don't get me wrong, I do not hate this movie. But now, again, now that I know there's a better version available. that could, or, or a better version of what could have been. What could have been, exactly. Because Richard Donner has directed some fine movies. Yes, Richard yes. Lester directed A Hard Day's Night. Yeah. Okay. Moving on. All right. All right. Uh, Joe, you're up next, buddy. All right. At number 14, a new addition to the list, X-Men Days of Future Past. 
the greatest gift we have to bear their pain without breaking. And it's born from the most human part. Hope. Yeah. From my point of view, I think this is the second best X-Men movie. I agree. I agree with you. Um, I'm, I'm going to su- put it third, but and, that's just me. And I'm surprised it's not higher. Yeah. I'm not, honestly. Um, The other one, there are a couple of other X-Men movies on here. I'm surprised yeah. one of them is higher than it is. Steve also writes about Days of Future Past. It's great, but enough Wolverine already. Um... Well, that one, this? I, I, I actually kind of understood. It made sense and it fit. And, and and the thing is... Hugh Jackman sells movies more than Ellen Page well, sells movies. That, yeah. and you, you're right. Fox knows who's, who's, who's you know, buttering their bread. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, to be fair, Hugh Jackman is the best thing out of any, any of the X-Men movies. Yes. Yeah, well, it's the... Per- we, we said this before. It's the perfect casting. Yeah. He is very well the best. Which, no, again, yeah, but he again, embraces it's one, it. It's one of those things with, with with nerd culture being what it is. I remember when Hugh Jackman was cast and everybody lost well, their it shit. Well, should have been Glenn Danzig. He's too I'm tall. I'm a moron. Hugh Jackman, he's too tall, man. He doesn't have the muscles. Oh, Jesus okay. Christ. Did you see his workout regimen that he did yeah. for the Wolverine? Yeah. Oh, it's a shirtless day. I can't drink water for 48 hours. Yeah. I gotta get my veins to pop. Um... <laughs> Yeah, no, Days of Future's Past succeeds in something I was really, really terrified of, which is take a massive X-Men story arc and condense and it into a condense movie. it into a movie. Because obviously with X3, they failed. Miserably. Totally failed <coughs> with uh, the Phoenix Saga. But Days of Future's Past, I thought, handled it really well. Um, in you know, they also managed to Superman Returns... <laughs> Um, X3 and uh, X-Men Origins Wolverine. Yeah. And they also managed to Wolverine Mystique. They did. <laughs> they did. They, they put her in there when she really had no point being not in there. Not hey. Why not? Because, hey, Jennifer Na- Lawrence. Naked Jennifer Lawrence? Okay. <laughs> or semi-naked? Yeah. It is, I mean, it's, it's a very good movie. I mean, it's just, it comes down, for me, it's cause it just comes down to personal taste why this is my third favorite X-Men movie and not my second. Yeah, for me, for me, the future scenes are definitely the weaker part of the movie. See, now for... Yes and no, because I liked it because it worked. It yeah. shows what the possible future for mutants yeah. are under Sentinel, uh, Sentinel control. But yeah, I mean, the, the past scenes, definitely... You know, but but I think you need, the, the future scenes work because it also ties. Yeah. James the James McAvoy Professor X with oh, the Patrick yeah. Stewart. Dude, that that scene where they made each other. Yeah. Whoa. Mind blown. That, yeah. That was just. A, I mean, not only that, but those two actors. Right. They were doing, giving their all in that scene, and it showed. Yeah. Right. There's. You know what the funny thing is? I felt they really held back on um, Michael Fassbender in this one. He wasn't nearly as tortured as he was in, you know, First Class or, or even Apocalypse. Um, yes and no. I mean, this the scene where he's confronting uh, 
um, Charles on the oh, plane. Oh yeah. Like, what What did you do for them? Yeah, exactly. They're and, and, dead. And like the whole plane's like shaking. Yeah. That That scene was powerful. That was a powerful scene. It also introduced us to Quicksilver, or Peter. Because yeah. they're not legally allowed to use the word Quick Quicksilver. Neither is the MCU. Stole, it stole the movie. Oh, yeah. That, that scene. The theaters, yeah. Oh, yeah. That was a brilliantly filmed scene. It looked great. It yeah. was fun. Yeah. He was a fun character. I wish there was more of them. We got, it was, it was easily the best five minutes in the movie. Mm-hmm. Well, that, that, down. well when the, you know when he finally rescues him from the prison, he's like, I'm gonna hold on to the back of your neck so you don't get whiplash. What? What? <laughs> whiplash <laughs> And and everyone got a nice giggle out of neutral metal. What? My mom knew used to so <laughs> metal. Yeah, I mean it's it's a really good movie. there's you know I'm trying to think I'm just trying to really put into words. My thoughts on it. I thought it was a really well-made movie. Again, mm-hmm. I think the future stuff was a little, like... I hate to say a little out of nowhere, based on the existing universe we'd already been introduced right. to. As shitty as the last movie was before it. But, um... <laughs> yeah, it but was hey, shitty. On, on the plus side, it was the movie that was responsible for getting rid of all the shitty movies. That's true. <laughs> yes, yep. And yet you still had Kelsey Grammer's Beast. Yeah, because they... Cause they hey, and hey, that gave, worked. And it gave pl- Deadpool plenty of fodder. Yes, it did. Oh, so much fodder. <laughs> These alternate timelines are, are really confusing. Are you, are you talking James McAvoy or, <laughs> or Captain Picard? Because these timelines are really confusing me. All right. Who's who's up? Let me, you might... That's me. All right. Number 13 was number four. It is Batman Begins. As a man... I'm flesh and blood, I can be ignored, I can be destroyed, but as a symbol, as a symbol, I can be incorruptible, I can be everlasting. What symbol? Something elemental, something terrifying. I assumed as you're taking on the underworld, this symbol is a persona to protect those you care about from reprisals. You're thinking about Rachel? Actually, sir, I was thinking of myself. Steve writes, Batman reboots. I mean, Batman Begins. It's probably the just the right amount of uh, grimdark that doesn't come off as a pander to fanboys. Just like Wonder Woman, this is an amazing origin story. Yes, it is. Yes. This takes the time to introduce you to how a trust fund baby became the yeah. you know the lord and protector of Gotham and, City. And this was the perfect palate cleanser. Oh, to yeah. Batman. Well, we, we kind of expected we were going to get something that was well, going to be a no. better... There's no way you could have gotten any worse than well, Batman was, Robin. You think about it. I mean, this was... this When when it was announced, when Batman Begins was announced, it was like about 2013. It was just six years after Batman v, v Batman and Robin. Yeah, and it was... 97. Eight years until it got released, though. Right, so, but it was yeah. 2003, six years, so you're thinking, it's kind of soon, and... and you know, you guys almost destroyed the franchise with Batman and Robin. Yeah. You really think you can... We, there was not a lot of confidence. And then they announced Christopher Nolan. But the only movie he he, he had made at that time, which we, well, he was known for, was Memento. Memento. Which, is then, re, which, as good a movie as it is, 
is wicked hard to follow. It yeah. is. Unless, and then he unless, came out with Insomnia, which is not a good movie. It's a terrible right. follow-up. I didn't see Insomnia, but Memento, you have to be like one of those, like a true film geek to really kind of get into it and, watch, and yeah. understand it. So for a lot of people, they're like, is this really going to work? And kudos, hats off to him. He made it work. It, I mean, it, it did the it did it perfectly by by doing just the occasional flashbacks to showing like what like him like training and all that, and then going back to him becoming Batman. Right. right. Uh, I mean, when, I, when when he gets when he gets to the city and he uh, and he goes to the uh, the the trial of Joe, Joe Kuhl, Chill Joe Chill, and then he reveals to. Um, uh, Rachel. Rachel, that he had a gun. Yeah. Right. That, I thought, that was one of the best scenes in the show, in the movie, yeah. actually. Yeah. It was it was a very good scene. It established Rachel Dawes' character better than I think Katie Holmes was really deserving Capable. of having. Capable of. When you go back and you watch that movie, Maggie Gyllenhaal was such an improvement. Yeah. Oh, yeah. easily. Easily. She's a better actor. Right? Well, yeah. Um, also... She was a bit. Uh, Katie Holmes was just a tad too nipply throughout the entire movie. <laughs> it's like someone was running AC in Gotham, Gotham City all the time. I didn't mind that. <laughs> well, it's not the gift. Anyway, um, yeah, no. What I liked about it too was they didn't go for the easy villain either. No, no. Ra's Using Ra's al Ghul was a great idea. Well, Ra- but the thing is, Ra's al Ghul. It's Ra's. Ra's. Sorry. Ra's al Ghul is really in the Batman canon. He's really kind of... I don't want to say he's a, like a C-tier, C-level, D-level uh, villain, but he's not one of the well, most well-known villains. No, he plays, he, no. He, he plays a lot in the background of Batman stories. And, and Scarecrow has always been a B-level. He's always yeah. been a B-villain. He's mean, an Iron Man he, villain. He, he's he's got, just he's, that kind of... He's had good storylines, but he's always been the second tier behind the Joker, Catwoman. Right. But the fact that you don't find out who Rachel Ghoul is... Until, yeah. until, yeah. until the, the third act. That, until the third that act. That reveal was very well done. Because then, that, because that's fan service for us fanboys. We're like, yes, yes, that's the way yeah. to do it. Mm. And even though they had mentioned his name earlier, you thought it was... Um, it was Ken Watanabe. Ken Watanabe, and it really right. wasn't. It was Liam Neeson, because, yeah. Um, no, all in all, I mean, it's, it's, it's a well-made movie... Now, here's the interesting thing about how Batman begins is that I always treat this like I treat A New Hope. I don't bother comparing it to the two movies that followed it. You can't. You can't. You really can't. You cannot say that, well, you know, well, Batman and, and, begins and we'll, a good... And we'll, we'll, we'll get into it Dark Knights when... When know, we get to we it. get to it. Spoiler. Spoiler. Well, but, I, I mean, let's, let, let's be honest. Even though it's called Dark Knight, it's not a movie about Batman. No, it's not. This Where movie this is, is completely Batman about Batman. Completely about Batman and Bruce Wayne. Which yeah. I liked also because if you look at it, this is the first Batman movie made pretty much out of all of them that doesn't focus on the villains as the primary characters. And Batman is just kind of there to thwart them. Mm. Right. This was way better, you know. And this is actually the first, was this the first? Or This was like his first origin movie. This was the because fir- Batman eighty nine. He, he Batman eighty nine. They showed his parents Bat- were killed. Right, but he was Batman. He was already Batman for a right, long. Right, exactly. And I like the like the the slow methodical steps that they took yeah. to make him Batman and the people that are involved. It's not a one man thing. It's not right, just got Lucius his Fox. decision. I, I, I love st- the fact they included Lucius Fox. I in still that. hold that Michael Keane is the best Alfred we've ever. Oh, absolutely, oh, easily. easily. Yeah, 
Absolutely, he's the I mean, best. I, nothing against uh, Jeremy Irons. Well, we we don't know what he's gonna. I mean, he might have more in Justice League. Who knows? But but no. But, I mean, Michael Goff was perfectly good in the first two. Was, oh no no! Do, go do that thing. Well, I'll watch the Batcave. Well, cleaned it up while you're away, sir. Sorry, I've got to make sexy outfits for my, my niece. <laughs> yeah. No, but uh, Michael Caine. Yeah, he, he nailed it as uh, Alfred. Yeah. <laughs> What's the point of doing all those push-ups? Push-ups, you can't push a bloody board. <laughs> that's the that's the Alfred that's in the in the comic book, right? Yeah. Kind of like yeah, he, al- he, al- he's basically the father figure, and he treats him like, you know, he, you know, yeah, Batman's intimidating into all these other people, you know, and Bruce, he, you know, he, he treats Robin or you know the Robins like shit, yeah. right? But Alfred is the one who puts him in his place, yeah, right. And he's he's the one person that. They'll, yeah. they'll 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 get into arguments, and he's he's the one person that will make Bruce back down. Yeah, yeah, and it's just, it, it the whole movie just works. Yeah, yeah, which is surprising. It didn't do nearly as well as people think it did. No, it did. Well, because it was coming off of Batman and Robin. No, yeah, two thousand five was a weird year. Also, it's like it was the summer of the Star Wars movie. Yeah, I mean, it was not episode a three. whole lot else. Episode three came out that yeah. year. So. Yeah. All right. Who's up next? Is it me? It is you. All right, number 12. Formerly number 8 on our 2011 list. Captain America, the first Avenger. I see your top squad is prepping for duty. You don't like music? I do, actually. I might, even when this is all over, go dancing. Then what are we waiting for? The right partner. Our 800, Captain. Yes, ma'am. I'll be there. I'm invisible. I'm, I'm turning into you. This is like a horrible dream. Don't take it so hard. Maybe she's got a friend. Steve, Steve writes about this one when propaganda nostalgia becomes cinematic gold. Yeah. I know so many people consider this to be the best Captain America movie. Avengers is I enjoyed it, and I think it's a really good movie, but it's not my favorite or the best Captain America. Not movie. my. It didn't make my list. It, it's it's not, it's not my favorite of the Captain America movies. But Avengers aside, this is my favorite of Phase One. This is my favorite yeah. out of yeah Iron yeah. Iron I'm with I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. And that that is that is going that's, through that's... more repeat viewings of Iron Man one than any of the others combined. It's just the way Joe Johnston did that, did the World War II he setting. He was the perfect director for this movie. Oh, absolutely. He was absolutely, the, I mean, between Radio Flyer and The Rocketeer, Joe Johnston was the perfect person to direct that movie. Yeah. Because yeah. he knows the he aesthetic. Knows, he knows the era. Yeah, he knows he knows the era. He knows the look. Right. He got it. He nailed it perfectly. What I loved about it was that, again, just like Wonder Woman, it really, it, it removes you from everything you've already seen before. You know, in which case, you know, what you've seen before with the Marvel Universe was Tony Stark and Thor. Right. Mm. But it's it's so well done. The uh, Chris Evans is such a find. Oh, uh, if there was if there if there was ever anybody born into a role. Oh yeah. It's him. I can't help but think of him as Captain America now, the actor. Yeah. So when I see him in other things, I'm like, "Fuck off. You're Captain America. You're Captain America. Get back. Get the shield back." I I love how the first time like you were introduced to him Getting beat up in an alley. Yeah, like, he just I can do this all day. Yep. You're showing this kid, this guy, who is scrawny and puny, but moxie. he wants to He's do gut moxie. He wants to do what was right, and you know, then he goes like, 
He's been trying four different times yeah. to get to get into to get in the army. Yeah. yeah. And he he wants to do what, what's right, and he's finally given the ability to. And yeah. this is something we, we talked about this last episode: the whole value of altruism. Yep. He, Steve Rogers, hates a bully. Yep. Steve Rogers is going to do what is right, not because it's because well, he has to, but because it won't sit well with him if he doesn't. Right, it's against his character. It's against his character. You don't see him moping around when he's going to go save a boatload of people. Take that, Nick Spencer. Yeah, seriously. I'm going to go save 40, get 40 soldiers now. Fuck off. You don't make Captain America a Nazi, you moron. Oh, Jesus. This again. Well, no, I am not letting that go. I know you won't. You do realize that there's that that's not actually the real Captain America, right? Yeah, it is. No, no. There's, a, there's. I know. I know what. That. I know what happened in the comic book. It's still the real Captain America. He, Nick Spencer, has even said that it's the real Captain America. Yeah, I, 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 I believe him as much as I believe. Right. No, I, I know. I'm just. I'm calling in on on his bullshit. Yeah. But anyways, move anyway, on. Anyway, anyway. So, uh, Chris first, Evans is my Captain America. Yeah, Chris Evans is everyone's Captain America. He is. And and, and I'll put and, and just one one more thing. And it's something I think that Marvel Publishing doesn't realize about Marvel cinema, the Marvel Studios. Right. Is, for a majority of Americans, Chris Evans is Captain America. The Captain America that's in the, in the movies... When you read a Captain America the, comic book now, you hear it in Chris Evans' voice. Yeah. Exactly. So, what when they pick up a Captain America comic book, they're expecting to see him do the same things that the movie Captain America is right. doing. Right. He, but, again, just like Hugh Jackman... Is the perfect casting? Yeah, you know, like 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 so far, like you, you you think about it, Hugh Jackman is the perfect Wolverine. Yeah, Chris Evans, perfect Captain America. Robert Downey Jr. is the is perfect, perfect Tony Stark. Stark. And yeah. I, and I think that you you kind of everybody else you can kind of just slot in. You, you, you want. build in, and again we'll we'll talk about that a little bit. But I mean, the thing with this movie is is that it doesn't it doesn't take itself too seriously, but isn't a farce. Either, especially no, if you've ever like, seen the it's fucking a, 1990 Captain America starring, um, you know, Matt Salinger. It's a very kind of, it's a, for the most part, it's a self aware movie. Yeah. You know, and it kind of also plays, like I said, it plays with the aesthetics of the era where, okay, you got a super soldier who could take on the Nazis by himself. What does the US government have him doing? Making propaganda films right. and and punching out Hitler on stage. <laughs> exactly. You know. What's your experience? I punched Hitler in the in, in the mouth about 150 times. <laughs> but I mean, let's, let's also go like the uh, supporting uh, supporting cast. Hilly Atwell. Is Hilly Atwell is who you know and made a career th- off of this. In it, spoiler: Who would have thought Bucky become one of the major central characters? Well, I mean, yeah, like, Bucky. Well, we're comic yeah, book nerds. We knew that was going to happen, we knew, but but we didn't know. We didn't. See, we didn't expect. I mean, once they re- revealed the, 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 title. the title for the the sequel, you right. knew what was happening. But still, yeah, you know, I mean, it's like Sebastian Stan was a fine was a fine part of the first movie, right? But he he he, did, he evolved so yeah. much, as, yeah. As and Bucky. and I mean, Tommy Lee Jones, Tommy Jones Colonel Hugo Phillips. Weaving yeah. was awesome as Red Skull. Yeah. Sorry, you know, he's, he's not coming back, but he is. He is no, he doesn't care. He, he hates it. Yeah, oh, he does. Oh. Oh, he hated that role. Really? It's oh, just yeah. one of those things, you know. And, and he figures, oh, that's not acting. I want to be an actor. Oh, so yeah, go do another so, Matrix so, so, movie. So, so says the voice of Megatron. And right, then, exactly. Go do another Matrix movie. Go ahead. 
Yeah. Get out of here, Elrond. God. <laughs> um. Yeah. No. It's. It. It. it wor- it's just. It's. It's a movie that just simply works. Yes. Yeah. The fact that it also is. I love that they don't. Like just try to jackhammer so much of the existing universe into the movie until the very, very, very I mean, end. In of the, the movie. very, very, very beginning too. Well, in the no, very, very beginning, they, they yeah. Find the, they find the but shield throws. Even so, that wasn't even much of a jackhammer. I mean, the closest thing you get to the jackhammer was, you know, when um, when uh, he walks God, into Nick the Fury mid- shows up. Yeah, and walks into the middle of uh, Times Square. Times Square, yeah, yeah. Which and is a cool scene. The, yeah, that's a very cool scene. But then when they do the the after credits thing with with him asking if he if he wants another mission. Yeah, the trailer yeah. for uh, the yeah, no, I remember you. midnight showing. Oh, like yeah. we went to a midnight <laughs> showing back when they still used to do those on Thursday nights. Oh man, it's just it, it works. It just yeah. it simply it, it works. works. Right. Yeah. All right. Um, oh, we got one more left. Joe, do you want to take this one? All right, and number eleven, and it was thirteen. Superman. The movie. It occurs to me that a 500 megaton bomb planted at just a proper point would, uh, would destroy most of California. Millions of innocent people would be killed. And the West Coast as we know it would fall into the sea. Bye-bye, California. <laughs> Hello, new West Coast, my West Coast. Costa del Ex, Lutherville, Marina del Ex, Otisburg. Otisburg. Who's this monster She's got her own place. Otisburg. Okay. I love this movie. In more ways than it just being a superhero movie. I love it because I think on a filmatic standpoint, it's a well-made movie. It is a it, it, good movie. And, 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 and you know, I, I kind of hate to repeat the tagline, but... You will believe a man will oh, fly. Yeah. Oh, you did. I you was, did. I mean, I, was, I, was, I was six years old. My grandfather took me to see that movie. My first superhero movie. This is... The... I went to see it at the movie theater because, I mean, I'm you know, I'm a DC guy. I'm a, Superman is my favorite superhero. When I was... I didn't have years, Marvel Comics when right. I was six years old. When I was four old, years so. old, I mean, I was all about Superman. And I banged my mom. I would not leave her alone until she took me to the yep. movie to see it. I, and I was in awe. I love this movie. I love watching this movie. I love sitting it. However, I did have my kids watch it a couple of months ago until I realized how overly 70s this movie oh, yeah. is. Very 70s. Oh, it takes forever to get going. Yeah, Holy hell, does it take forever like to the get entire, going. Like everything that's going on in Kansas, you're like, you watch it now, you're like, yep, mm, don't care. Okay. Yeah, he, he doesn't get into too Metropolis until like, what, an hour and 15 in? No, no, it's more like 45 minutes in before he hits Metropolis. Oh, okay. And about an hour 15 before, an hour 5, hour 10, before he actually becomes Superman. Um, but there's a lot of, I mean, it's, it's a nice little bit of a, a, a slow burn. Yeah. yeah. Right. Again, it looks beautiful. The opening credit sequence is one of my all-time favorite opening credit sequences. Oh, oh yeah, the music. Oh, yeah. The music, the Williams score. Yeah, it opens, you know, the curtains open. The curtains open, the comic book, and then just the, the fanfare. Just the, just the fanfare. And the fact that those, I mean, if that was in 3D, right, at you. right yeah. at you. You didn't even need 3D. It yeah. came right at you. Yeah. I love the way that looked. Yeah, it's a great <laughs> movie. Terribly dated. Horribly dated, yeah. but then again, most of the Reeve Superman movies were. Yeah, yeah. A lot of, a um, lot of, a lot of three-piece suits. It, yeah. It's, it's very. It it's was very melodramatic for me. It was. 
because in this, in the, even in the late seventies, Superman was still a kind of fifties aesthetic character. Yeah. Yes. You know, the, he and, was he and, and, and you know, and he still is to a certain extent. But Superman was the big blue Boy Scout. Yes. You yeah. know, and he still lived by a kind of fifties ethos. I still have no issues with this movie, though. Um, obviously, Christopher Reeve. I mean, he set the bar. Yeah. He set the bar for yeah. your perfect casting of a of a iconic superhero. Couldn't oh, have he, been anybody he, yeah. else. I, I personally, I think he was the be- he's the best Superman we've ever had. Yeah, followed closely by Brandon Ralph, and then a four. Uh, I no, like no, I like Henry no, Cavill. Henry Cavill's issues. I like Henry Cavill as him, Superman. His issues at, with, with the, any issues with Henry Cavill as Superman is not his fault. Is not his fault. It has right. nothing to do with him. As the character, it's the writing and the writing and the directing. Yeah, because there are moments where Henry oh, Cavill, yeah. you 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 can't. It's like you can see the potentials there. Like you can do it. I can see it in you. You can be yeah. Superman. Yeah. But Zack Snyder is destroying the character. Right. Zack Snyder keeps covering up all that potential. Yeah. Right. With muck. Steve, by the way, writes about Superman in the movie. Still the standard by which all others are measured, which is probably not a good thing. I mean, get over it, people. It was forty fucking years ago. Yes, it was. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Oh, almost 40 years ago. 78, late, late, late 78. 39, yeah. Um, Yeah, it's just... I like it because it's colorful. It's fun. It's bright. Gene Hackman is a great villain. Yeah. He's a fantastic villain, and he does a lot of great Lex Luthery things. At the time, yeah. At the time, yes. And the thing is, I mean, it gives you the sense of Superman that, you know, the, the, the image that you have of Superman is just being this kind, gentle hearted person who will do anything to help you and make you feel good about, you know, he's just like, he's, you know, he's, he's the strongest, he's a demigod, he's the strongest person being in on Earth, but he's just like a nice guy. He's just right. like, you know, you know, if he, if he wasn't a superhero, you'd think, this guy's a nebbish. I, I, yeah. I could walk all over this guy. Right, exactly. And just that, that, that is, and I was show, showing that a lot, like there's this gift of um, Christopher Reeve. It's like the best special effect without special effects ever. Yeah. Is his transformation from Superman oh, to yeah. Clark Kent with just putting the glasses back on. Yep. Yeah. Well, because he also changes his posture. Posture changes down. everything. The facial expression changes. Well, it's amazing. You just watch that and it's like, holy crap, he did it. Julian trained actor, ladies and gentlemen. Yep. He, he is fantastic. So... On that note. On that note. All right. We knew this was going to run long. We're an hour 20 in pre-edit. So we are going to be back in about a week with our top 10. Yep. Yep. So um, obviously hang tight. And if you want to check out any of our uh, archives, especially our episode number 50, as well as our episode 149, we talked about the worst superhero movies ever made. Yep. You can get the entire archive um, at the Podbean uh, app. The Stitcher app and the iTunes store. You can also check out the full archive at geeksalad.podbean.com. Uh, email us at uh, geeksaladradio at gmail. Or follow us on Twitter at geeksaladradio. You can also follow us on our Facebook page, which is Face uh, Geek Salad Podcast. Yep. So until next time, I'm Andy. I'm Mike. I'm Joe. Go forth to Ambi Nerdful. We'll talk to you in about a week.
This song is called I Am Sad, So Very, Very Sad. So sad. Thank you.